Hi, everyone. Mitch from PickDogs.com. It is Saturday, May 20th, 2023, here with today's live show. We're live seven days a week, 365 days a year. Of course, during the week, it's myself with Chris Ruffalo, who sets the tone, and the crane, Rod's wacky. We're still yet to see that crane video from uh, from Edmonton of Rod doing his uh, Karate Kid crane trick, but uh, I'm sure it will be on the way. Um yeah, I know he's practicing, so uh, should be a good one. But anyways, lots of action going on tonight. And uh, got a full card of Major League Baseball, so all-day action. We've got the PGA Championship, the Preakness, as well as uh, NBA and NHL playoffs. And, uh, yeah, got to say, man, I'm, everyone knows I'm born in, Miami, born in Miami, from Miami. It's Great year to be a Miami sports fan, though it's not our Dolphins and Hurricanes football team and Hurricanes baseball team. Though the Hurricanes baseball team is decent, it's uh, it's the other three teams. Hurricanes going to the Final Four in men's college basketball. Miami Heat two wins away from the NBA championship, and of course the Panthers three wins away from the from the championship. And I gotta say the uh, books make bookmakers and public betters. Treating the Miami teams the same way the Miami fan base treats them, as if they don't exist. I mean, they've been underdogs in every role. The Hurricanes, underdogs in every game in the NCAA tournament, except for the uh, their opening round game where they were just a one-and-a-half point favorite over Drake. Then you have the, the, the Heat, who were underdogs in just about every single game so far in the playoffs. Maybe favored a couple times against the Knicks, but here they are, up two games to nothing, heading home and uh, home dogs here to the Celtics in Game Three after whipping their ass in the first two, and then uh, you know the Panthers dogs again tonight after beating the Bruins and Maple Leafs dogs in every single game so far in the playoffs. The Panthers have been and uh, hasn't stopped them yet, so. A lot of, lot of, lot of good dog action, and maybe you guys can see why I am how I am when it comes to sports. But anyways, bring in uh, Ron Romanelli. Of course, uh, I didn't mention it, but if you don't get a chance to catch these live, or if you know you, you don't feel like watching the YouTube video while you're driving in your car, these these shows, these live shows, are always available on Spotify, iHeartRadio iTunes, <laughs> Google Podcasts, uh, whatever all the other ones are. Odyssey, Amazon podcast, whatever, whatever podcasts are heard, which I'm not a podcast listener. Ron, you a podcast listener? No, not really. <laughs> I don't listen to my own shows, let alone other people's. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, but, I never watch my own stuff, that's for sure. But Yeah, it's a uh, crazy time to be a Miami fan these days, and I even think the Marlins, you know, hanging in there in second place in the uh, National League East with that pitching staff with uh, knock knock going tomorrow and uh, pretty much everything uh, you know all coming together you know it's mm-hmm. like, you got to figure i mean boy the marlins play some of these teams and you're just like if they could just combine themselves with the giants or combine themselves right it's like with the cubs they'd be pretty yeah. good you know they'd be they're in a good pitch. spot though they're in a good spot they still have they're still top heavy on pitching and that's never a bad yeah. place to be you know, there's still some guys, um, you know, them and the Braves seem to have more guys on the sidelines in their pitching staff than anybody else. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you just, you know, help the bullpen out a little bit, maybe grab a couple other bats. could be a very tough team to face, especially in a playoff series where you have a big advantage in the pitching matchups every game. So 
Um, you got the best hitter in baseball right now, and uh, you got some guys that are starting to develop, guys like Brian De La Cruz. So, and Solaire's having a bounce back year. You know, I also I like to I usually ask you about who the surprise teams are, and you know, up and down. But you know, I got to say right now, and you know, the San Diego Padres. I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. Um, you know, it's hey, these guys stink. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. This is the worst team in baseball when it comes to betting. If you bet on the Padres every mm. game this past week, you've gotten smoked. I mean, just absolutely <laughs> yeah. cu- crushed. Um, and it's been yeah. going on for a while now. Um, you bet 10 bucks on the Padres, it's a quick trip to the poorhouse, faster than betting on any other team in baseball because generally they're favored and generally they're losing. I don't think, yeah. I personally believe that they spent all this money, very similar to the Angels, a lot of money in a few Good, really good players, great players, but not not enough everything else. You know, the pitching staff isn't there, especially the pitching staff. Ryan Weathers is part of the solution, then there is no solution as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. But any thoughts on these uh, Padres? Because you thought when Tatis Jr. came back in that that was going to be the injection of life, but it's been the injection of death, actually, because they've had a worse <laughs> record with him than they do did with him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think their stars are underperforming, that's for sure. Um, you know, Soto, you look at their numbers on paper, they're not bad, but this team has really struggled with runners in scoring position. Um, you know, their bullpen's been really good in the month of May especially, but like you said, the pitching staff, you know, there's been some injuries, obviously. Musgrove's missed majority of the season. He's back, and he's struggled so far. But, you know, I, do th- I don't think I'm ready to give up on the Padres in terms of their, their season outlook. But, you know, this was a team going into the year that a lot of people picked as their favorites to win the World Series. So for them to be five games under at the end of May, that's a huge disappointment. You know, I would say more so than the White Sox and Cardinals. But they're also um, in last place. Yeah, yeah. So um, A lot of teams you know, to jump, a lot of teams to jump. Well, they're in fourth place, but yeah, I mean, they have a lot of teams to jump, but it's early, you know. I think they'll be okay, but I don't know. I mean, it, they got their their if stars. They're in fourth, they wake then up, they're, they're, they got to be tied for fourth. Then they, they're they're not in fourth. No, they're ahead of the Rockies. Yeah, are they? But um, oh, well. yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're also but ahead of the A's in the overall help. standings, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. Well, anyways, you got a lot of action going on today, and know uh, I know you're dialed in on it, and know that you hate the Miami team, so you're really hating these playoffs, just like you hated the, uh, the <laughs> college basketball tournament. It seems like you've been a hater of them, you know. I, don't see, I, don't I, see, I love the Panthers. I don't see any Panthers gear. I only see old logo. I don't see any new logo. <laughs> I gotta say, man, I don't like the new logo either, and I hate the I hate the new logo white uniforms. Those are even worse than the new yeah. logo itself. I, I miss the old logo, yeah. I mean, the, the old logo, the uniforms were just better with the old yeah, logo. I agree. The, the new logo with the stripe across. I mean, what is that? Who do you think you are? Just, the Montreal Panthers? Panther. The Montreal Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Gardner Webb Panthers. Gardner Webb. <laughs> <laughs> let's, 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 let's pick out a snooty country club name and we'll, we'll name our college after <laughs> a snooty country club member. <laughs> Gardner Webb. I'd like to introduce you to our late club champion, Gardner Webb. Anyways, Ron, what do you got for us today as far as uh, today's action? So much going on. Yeah, I got the White Sox jersey on. I'm talking about Can- or this Kansas City-Chicago White Sox ball game. 
Jordan Lyles, I just don't know how they keep putting him on the mound. You know, he's 0-7, 7.14 ERA, but even on the road, even worse numbers, 0-3 with a 10.61 ERA. He's pitched 18 and two-thirds away from home, 23 base hits, 22 earned runs, so more earned runs than innings pitched, of course. Six home runs, uh, 10 walks. He, you know, is most of his starts at least giving up four earned runs in each of those games, and the Royals have yet to win a game that he's pitched in. Uh, only one of those games, only one of those losses was by one run. So most of these have been run line covers from the opposition. And Lucas Giolito, you know, he's a right-handed pitcher. The Royals have hit righties pretty well, uh, but he's pitched, Lucas Giolito's pitched very well at home, 2.45 ERA. And he, the ability to miss bats and earn strikeouts, I think, is what's really going to help him in this start. Because the Royals, like I said, they hit righties well and they have sharp contact, but they're also 23.7% strikeout percentage, sixth highest in baseball against righties in the month of May. So, uh, yeah, I could see Giolito giving up a homer or two, but with Jordan Lyles on the other side, I don't think it's going to matter in the end. I think the White Sox still win this game and cover the run line in the end, and I would lean towards the over in this game as well. We look at this White Sox bullpen, much maligned White Sox bullpen. The ERA actually down to just 5.63 from uh, 8.9 well, 8. Yeah. where it was. Um, you know, I'm a White Sox fan. I you know I lived in Chicago for a long time. I love going to White Sox games far more than I like going to the Cubs games. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is, uh, yeah, this team's just straight trash. I just, you know, I think that they have some power on the team. But, you know, last year and the year before that, it seemed like the White Sox were a team heading in the right direction. And now it just seems like they have drawn a line in the sand and fallen off the face of the earth. Now, the thing mm-hmm. is about the White Sox that you have to remember is, number one, They've got a ton of money. I mean, ton. So making a move, picking up players, whatever. They've generally done well with with pitchers who have maybe a year or two or three years left in their career. They've picked up these guys and have done well. Though. They struck out with Keiko, but you know they've hit with some well, of these. Right now. <laughs> but they've hit with some of these other guys. You know, they've hit with some of yeah. these other guys o- over the years. But this year, it just seems that um, you know once again, it's like. They're just missing some big pieces, and, uh, you know, we don't have Tony La Russa to blame this year either. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, like you said, the bullpen's really improving. And in the month of May, it's the fourth-best bullpen ERA. Uh, and the Rockies and Tigers, believe it or not, are right around there too. So the, the improvements are there. And, uh, you know, I just think that they just need another couple of couple other starters to really step it up. I mean, Dylan Cease has looked a little bit better as of late. Lance Lynn, you know, pitched well last start, but he hasn't been able to string together good outings. So um, they need some help in the rotation. The bullpen's getting better. The lineup's getting better and healthier. So uh, I wouldn't count the White Sox out. They're in a pretty weak division. In the AL Central's usually doesn't. It only takes around ninety to ninety-five games to win that division. So uh, I wouldn't count them out. Oh no, they're 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 the the American League Central's never decided until yeah. you know late September October. But the, you know the Guardians will be coming on strong. You know, last night I lost two games on American League Central teams late in games. I had the Guardians and the Twins. I lost on both of those. So, I mean, they certainly are more than capable of blowing leads and losing games. Um, you know, I think the Guardians were up 5 nothing or something you know, in that game. 7 nothing, I yes. thought. Oh, thanks. Or 7-1 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, well, something like that, you know. Rub it in. Yeah. Well, Carlos <laughs> Carrasco action. I was like... Doesn't get it any was easier. Seven three. Seven three. It's like doesn't get any easier than this, you know. Carrasco's yeah. pitching and you know getting plus money, but Cookie Carrasco. So you know, which leads us back to this game with that unpredictable White Sox bullpen. Is the first five innings a, a better bet for the White Sox, or do you think uh, you know because you're going well, Giolito, who's the starting pitcher, but who knows how long he's going to go? 
Well, like I said, that White Sox bullpen, the fourth best bullpen in the month of May, the Royals have not been very good out of the pen. So I don't think even when Giolito makes his exit and Lyles is out in the second inning that the White Sox don't have the advantage there. I, I think that they still – I think that I like their chances in the full game. Um, you know, for me, I don't think the bullpen's going to blow it. But, you know, who knows? The White Sox bullpen has blown a lot of games this year. So if you want to do the first five, maybe you could split your bet, do first five, half run, and then uh, full game run line. The White Sox, are the uh, Royals closer to turning it around or still closer to the bottom? Turning it around. I like this Royals team, but not in this game. I don't like Jordan Lyles. I don't like this but Royals team. I do. I, I think they had a really ugly start, but they, if you look at their numbers, you know, they, they. I think they're a lot better than their record. We saw them going to San Diego and take two or three. So uh, I, I think they're going to be competitive, and I think they're going to be a profitable team the rest of the season. That's something, I, you know, who knows? They're obviously, they're 14 and 32. They're not making the playoffs this year, but um, I think they're going to be a profitable and a sneaky underdog team. You're going to get good prices with that. We're going to bet on a lot on the rundown. All right. Well, what do you uh, got today? What do you got going on at Pick Dogs today? I got three MLB plays on the board, including my rundown best bet. We had uh, the Angels winner yesterday, hoping to start a nice run here. Uh, you can get a three-pack as well with my three MLB plays. Looking to do some damage here on Saturday. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, next up, we got Al McMorty. So uh, hopefully you hang Let's out. Give him hell, Big Al. Hopefully you hang out for that. Little uh, full transparency. Big Al and I had a side bet on that Heat Celtics money line last mm. night. <laughs> so uh, I'll have to see. I'll, I'll let you talk to him about that. <laughs> I'll have to see how it goes. No, he's, he's believe me, you know, Big Al, you don't have to worry. He already. He's already paid. He paid me before I could even check my account. Oh, no. You know, of course, of course, you know, it's a non-issue. But anyways, mm-hmm. all right, Ron, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, I'll see you guys. Ron Romanelli, famous for Ron's rundown. I love the way Ron's rundown can go ten and five, and people will say, "Man, you got to bounce back from yesterday's rough day." <laughs> it's like that's my favorite. He's twelve and three. It's like, Ron, you got to bounce back. Speaking of three-team parlay locks, got Al, Mc, Al McMorty for us. Al, I just need a three-team parlay lock for free. Oh, well, let's start off with the Boston Celtics. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, just the disappearing act of Jason Tatum. Uh, I mean, how embarrassing was it for him? It's got to be at this point. And, you know, I guess he just doesn't have the pride because I don't think he is embarrassed. I mean, he's just exalting. Every time he hits a basket, he's, like, doing this to the crowd. Meanwhile, he's getting two-handed slammed on on the, on the other end of the court. So uh, nothing pretty about it in uh, Boston for the Celtics last night. And here the Celtics are three-point favorites once again, once again um, in, when the Heat. They haven't lost a home game yet this playoffs. Yeah, and neither have the Lakers, too. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, if both teams can continue their home dominance. It was interesting to, to uh, hear Bam um, after the game talking and, you know, with the guys at the desk and they asked him, you know, what keeps you guys, you know, think you guys still have a chance when you're down by down by 14 points and no time, you know, time is running out. He's like, all we hear over and over again and talk about on the bench is how none of you guys picked us. <laughs> That's what he said. And Shaq's like, I picked you. <laughs> like, nobody picked us. <laughs> it's funny that they actually listen to that stuff. You know? yeah, usually the I times mean, they say, oh, I never listen to that stuff. But the Heat clearly say that they do listen to that stuff. You know? and Jimmy Butler, when uh, Williams went after him last night, 
oh man, he got fired up. And which Barkley said to Bam, you know, when he said, oh, you know, well, Jimmy got fired up when you know, Williams got in his face. And he said, I would start making stuff up and start telling him, you know, that these guys were said this or that. He's like, if that's what, if that's the way he plays, when that happens, I would just make stuff up and tell it to him. He's <laughs> like, just to get him to do it. I don't think he really needs that. I mean, he's just an unbelievable player, especially in the in the clutch. Jimmy Frick. That's why they now call him even on TV, Jimmy Frickin' Butler. Yeah. Well. We got a scratch in the preakness today. That was your yeah, pick, right? That was my that was my pick. Yeah, it's. I'm not gonna play the race now. I'm skipping it. Uh, much like all the other horses are skipping it. <laughs> so yeah, the preakness. I I've said it all along. I do believe it should be eliminated from the triple crown. And or at the least, you know, I know Andy Byer made this the suggestion this week. Just move it a week, you know, forward. You know, so it's three weeks separating the. Um, you know, the Kentucky Derby and, and, and the Preakness instead of two weeks, and then at least you would get more horses, you know, compete. But it's just a crap track, and it's like, it's not, it does, it's not deserving of the same as Belmont or Churchill. It's just not in the same league as those two tracks. On a regular horse racing day, you know, whether you're at the track or betting simulcasting, it's not like, oh, man, Pimlico's going today. I mean, right. Calder and Gulfstream are, are way better than that, you know, generally the class of horses. Um you know, Pimlico's like a Tampa Bay Downs type type. Yeah, but really. but but if but, but if you set that aside, the fact that it's two Saturdays away from you know the Kentucky Derby instead of three Saturdays, that's the biggest problem. Um, so why not just you know why not just hold it Lexington at 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 <laughs> at, at uh, Keeneland? <laughs> that's what I say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, throw in a pot of Burgoo and call it a day. I love Keeneland. I don't eat Burgoo, but I see a lot of people woofing it down when I'm there. But you should come out here, uh, you know, this year for the um, Breeders' Cup. It's at Santa Anita. I love, I love Breeders' Cup. My wife is um, has had some of her. She had the exact in the Derby, and uh, you know, she's had some of her very biggest hits have been at the Breeders' Cup when we've gone to the races because those are the races where you, know, you could you don't really need to know all that much and you can find some quad. Well, I mean, she always seems to win. And you just seem to be able to find those horses that even if you're just throwing darts, your dart can hit a 60 to one that's, you know, a, a $4 million horse. You know, it's it pretty easily. So um, she's done extremely well with it over the years. Well, let's go back to the NBA. Take a look at this Nuggets. Um, uh, also, also, congratulations on the Webby Yama. Oh, right. yeah, wearing my Spurs hat. Um, we'll have to, well, ho- hopefully he turns into a uh, LeBron James or, uh, you know, that type of player as, as opposed to Len Bias or something, right? <laughs> Ralph <laughs> Sampson. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I mean, who knows? But, but I, mean, know. I, I think... <sighs> I mean, if he doesn't end up being a, well, look, you have to stay healthy, but if he doesn't end up being a top 15 player of all time, it's a major disappointment. So, I, I would say so. At this which point. is crazy, it's, right? I mean, it's, but, a, it's a pretty high expectation. Yeah. I mean, but you still, I guess you still have to do it, right? You still have to become Hakeem Olajuwon or Tim Duncan or whoever. Well, I mean, in, these, in this day, in this NBA, actually you don't. 
you know, <laughs> you know, you, you just get paid either way. Um, there's a guy on New Orleans who, uh, you know, doesn't play at all. And in fact, he just got re-upped for a bigger contract. He makes more millions of dollars than games he plays. Um, he gets over $2 million a game that he's played in his career. $2 million a game, that equals out to $500,000 for 12 minutes. And what the hell are we doing wrong? Anyways, Al, what do you got for us today in this Nuggets-Lakers matchup? Well, you know, I know Jay and I, we did our NBA, uh, you know, I, I joined him on his uh, jam session on Thursday. We talked about that game two between the Lakers and the Nuggets. We both liked it to go under the total, and it did pretty easily. I'm not going to switch gears and look at game three to go over the total. Um, generally speaking, in this Nikola Jokic playoff era, the Nuggets have played very high-scoring games, uh, 36 and 23 with two pushes over the total, notwithstanding that low-scoring game in game two, uh, including 13 and five over the total if the Nuggets' previous game did go under. So with that as a backdrop, I do think game three – uh, is going to be a little bit higher scoring. Likewise, the Lakers, they've gone over the total 15 of their last uh, 23. They've gone over 35 of their last 57 if the over-under line was less than 230 points, uh, including 19 and 7 over the total if their previous game went under. Um, and then these, these two teams, you know, in their matchups against each other, 32, 14, and 3 over the total their last 49. Uh, you've seen this tick down to 222 or 222 and a half from an open of 224. I'm not buying it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at this one to be higher scoring. I think it certainly has that possibility. And, you know, I think you have to kind of expect the Lakers to D it up a little bit at home. That is, you know, there's Anthony Davis is really a defensive specialist. If you have any way to, to label him, LeBron, one of the best defenders really to ever play the game. So, you know, they have those guys, but, you know, this series hasn't really come down to that. This series is really about the and the playoffs, really all the way around, hasn't come down. The only game where we've really, well, we've seen a few games, but really the Jason Tatum game seven against Philadelphia was really the star moment. Jimmy Butler not even considered in that realm of players of the Jason Tatums of the world, right? You know, you look at jersey sales, Jimmy Butler nowhere even on the list of, of jersey sales or anything like that. It's been the year of the role player, you know, and there's been different ones that have stepped up for all these teams. Um, you know, Lonnie did it for the Lakers and we've seen Austin Reeves. We saw last night, you know, for the Heat once again. Um, you know, role players, Vincent's come up for the Heat a few times as well. It's, uh, you know, on the Celtics, too. You know, we've seen some of these guys. And, uh, you know, it's really what it's going to come down to, I think, again, is some, is, is some of these other guys. Um, I don't know. It should be an interesting one. I think there, I think there is going to be some points. We saw the first game of the series, there was a ton of points in this, this one. So it makes sense. The first game back in L.A., there's a ton, too. Yeah, I just I just don't know what all the conspiracy theorists are doing right now as they penciled in the Celtics and the Lakers in the uh, in, in the finals. You well, know. The, the, the NBA wants the series to go <laughs> seven games so to get there and whatever. But I got to tell you, the Celtics are dead. D e a d dead. 
They have no chance. Slim has left town. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think this Lakers-Nuggets is going to be a war, and I think the Heat are going to get to sit back and watch it is the way that it looks like it's going to play out. The Celtics may steal one from Miami in Miami, but, I mean, I doubt it. They haven't shown any heart or guts. And really, the coach is just an embarrassment. Coach is an embarrassment. I mean, yeah. this is, you know. I mean, these are some of the worst press conferences I've ever seen. You know? Do you know, I mean, I, I, I've i been followed his contract. Is he an interim coach or is he like, do they actually give him a permanent job? I think after? he's the he is the coach. He is mm. the coach of the mm. Celtics. So they're going to have to pay him out. Rick Pitino's already signed with St. John, so they're not going to get him to come back. Yeah, I just wonder what Ime Udoka's thinking right now down in Houston. He's thinking, how did I end up with the fifth pick? <laughs> <laughs> well, they got the they got they got the fourth pick, but who's counting? Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not the first pick. I thought it was weird when they showed the NBA draft lottery guys. That it was like I didn't recognize any of those names. You know, very very few. The Brandon Miller. Webbyama only because we've heard so much about him, but all the rest of the guys I never even heard of any of them. And I, you know, we watched well, Cam, Cam Whitmore, Villanova. You've got I mean, well, you got I mean, Scoot Henderson's a hell of a player. Uh, he's just been playing, you know, for Ignite. You know, so all these kids now they they skip to college and they go into the, the you know whatever. The well, that's exactly is. what I'm saying. It's it's almost like boxing where you don't get to see the top fighters because they're playing on pay per view. And it's like yeah. we're watching, you know, the NCAA tournament, which we love, and these guys are all playing somewhere else. And the thing is, is that, you know, is it the college admissions? What is the issue here? Because they are paying the college players now. So we'll have to see how it all shakes out. I, I mean, the, the Florida quarterback, what was it? What did we? What did we, they, we say it was? It was fourteen million for for four years, or twenty million for four years. It was something ridiculous for a guy that had never played. So I can only imagine the stay another what the stay another year rate was or what you know hunter dickinson's contract looks like at kansas he even said the whole reason he went was for the money i mean he at least he was honest about it i went to kansas because they offered to pay me the most i'm sure academics has something to do with it no he said he he said i'm going to kansas because they offered me the most money no i know but but you take a look at you know caleb love you know he went to Michigan. Now he just had to decommit because he couldn't make the grade, you know, academically. So is that what they, is that what they're saying? Yeah. He, so he's not going to go to Michigan. It's just, he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, you know, pass the muster with Michigan standards. So, so shoelace could, but this guy can't, (laughs) I I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think that athletes at Michigan and I, you know, obviously we know Michigan's a great academic school, but I'm going to say there's some leniency there. There, but it's not as lenient as other schools, right? So, you know, whether it's Michigan or Notre Dame or some of these other schools, that was always one of the complaints by the, you know, the football coaches or whoever is like, we can't compete with XYZ school because we actually have tougher academic standards than those other schools, even though it's not as, you know, it's not like you're, it's the general student body, but you know, Michigan does have standards. So it's, um, I think, I think the standard is, is based upon the 40 yard dash time. I, 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 I still I a think a bit higher than that. I think Notre Dame is notoriously tough. I haven't heard as much about Michigan being as as tough. Well, you just because did because Caleb Love couldn't make the grade. So because 
Yeah. You know, Ohio State, we, we, we know is not because Andy Katzenmoyer, when that whole, you know, and a lot, of course, you know, we're dating ourselves here, but, you know, they, uh, they, he couldn't, he couldn't academically qualify, so they let him take a summer elective to bring his GPA up, and that was golf. So, you know, he had to sink yeah. that four-foot putt to preserve his, acad- his academic eligibility, be able to play the next season. A lot of pressure. Hmm. I think it's just, you know, I just think that a lot of these guys like this Ignite and all this, I've never seen any of these teams or any of these players. You know, I'm going to guess they're really good in the high level, and you know, but if these guys are that good and these leagues are that good, then why aren't we seeing this instead of the, you know, along with, because I mean, they're showing XFL. So how yeah, bad can I know that, no, that, that's, that's the greater question is like, put these games on TV. Because I, I mean, to be honest with you, I'd rather watch, you know, I would have rather watched Stuart Henderson this year than some of these garbage college basketball games. I'm a big G leaguer, you know, because these are my guys that I have followed in college all the years. They're all in the G League. All the guys that we know, you know, most of those guys end up in the G League. So um, I follow that. But, um, you know, I, I don't know about this other, you know, league that they're playing in. I saw that LeBron James's son is playing at USC, and the other son now transferred high schools. Yes, oh yeah, he left, and you know they're saying in the latest mock drafts for 2024. So LeBron James will, Bronny James will have played one year at Southern Cal at that point. You know they're projecting him 28th. So the the issue might be, you know, I don't know where he'll end up going. You know, when next June run you know comes around but if you're a team but you maybe draft Bronny James higher than he's projected as maybe a power move to try to get LeBron to come play for your team you know so if you're for example the Pacers or whoever and you, you just say you know if we draft his son maybe we can get LeBron as a you know well, I think they will get LeBron so, it's just a matter of at what point LeBron or, or, or LeBron says okay, Pacers or whoever, you need to trade my son to the Lakers and we'll give you some assets because I want to play with my son. But I, I don't know. It's, it just seems that some team's going to have that concept, right? It seems to be that way. It's just interesting you, the way that's You know that's he's going to want to play with his kid. You know, Nick Saban, um, you know, in Alabama at all coming up out this week about the image licensing and how much, you know, well, they don't, they refuse to say what the number is. But they, we know that Texas A&M last year had $20 million in image licensing. And we know this year Alabama had the number one class. We also know that the Florida quarterback, you know, was $12 million plus. So do they have $100 million they're paying to just guys that have never played it down of college football before? I mean, there, there's no transparency on this image licensing. Because it doesn't come, it's not like a coach's salary that comes from state funds that has to be public information. This is from boosters. This is like the dirty money. So, uh, you know, this this is you know, I, I believe the athletes should get paid, but this is going this is going somewhere, you know, <laughs> fast. Uh, anyways, what do you got for sale today? You're gonna uh, not, of course, you're not going to make uh, Bryce Young type money, but uh. <laughs> I've got uh, a lot of stuff this weekend. I've already posted Pick Dogs Premium. I've got my USFL football game of the month that goes tomorrow on Sunday. 
I've got scion total winners in game uh Three between Boston and Miami on Sunday already posted on 13 and two, my last 15 NBA, or 12, two and one, my last 15, depending on numbers. I've got uh, one play in today's Lakers uh, Nuggets game up at Pick Dogs Premium. I've got baseball um, and I've got hockey as well. So overall, on a nice run, notwithstanding yesterday's loss on the Celtics, I'm 30 and 10, my last 40. I was two and one yesterday. So, um, uh, I should have bet you on the other two, Mitch. I shouldn't have bet you on this. So. <laughs> yeah, if you would have bet me on, on baseball yesterday, you were in business because all you had to do is bet not first five innings, but well, the know, last you, four innings. You did, remi- you did remind me of something. I, I was listening to your conversation with Ronnie Baseball. I like calling Ron Ronnie Baseball. I was listening to um, that a few minutes ago, and you were talking about the Padres. But, you know, just go back to last season, and if you take a look at the standings at May 31st, we're not even at May 31st yet. This is only May 20th. But if you look at the standings at May 31st, the Phillies were 12 and a half games back. The Braves were 10 and a half games back of the New York Mets. You know, both teams underwater, you know, with losing records. Braves were 23 and 27. The Phillies were 21 and 29 at May 31 last year. Over in the American League, the Cleveland Guardians, you know, they did well in the playoffs. They were uh, six games back of the Twins. The Seattle Mariners were 10 and a half games back of the Minnesota Twins at May 31 last year. So I, I just, I just want to kind of. I understand, I understand that, but two years ago, the Padres were also seen as the world beaters and they finished no, up, no, they no, finished no, up no. the track. You know, I know yeah, last no, year, it's... the Phillies, the Cardinals and the Guardians are, I mean, the mostly the Cardinals and the Guardians. The last few years, those teams in August and September, you cannot bet against them. I mean, they they yeah. reeled off 20, 30 wins. I'm just saying it's a long season. Oh, it's a, a very long season. Long season. I mean, they, the Padres may, may end up the season at, you know, 18 games back. Who the hell knows? But, but last year they traded for Juan Soto, and, and, you know, they ended, up, they ended up beating up on the Mets in the wild card round. But it was a quick exit after that. And, you know, yeah. this year, I just – I think this the, the part of it to me that, that – and, and the part of it that I'm really emphasizing here is that it's not necessarily that I don't think the Padres have a chance to make a run. I just don't think that with Ryan Weathers is part of your is not part of the solution, and I don't think he's part of a, a, a championship pitching staff as far as part of this part of the starting rotation. I think the Padres have gone out and have spent a lot of money. Just it's like it's sort of like the Celtics and, all over again. They have four and, really and good they, players, and everybody yeah, else and they've yeah, they, emptied. Yeah. They've emptied the top of their, you know, farm system. So now that's going to really hamper them this July when they try to go out and make moves. They're not going to have the assets to go get. Like if they would have had this players. team, if they would have had this team with Mackenzie Gore as their two or three, that that's a different story. But they don't have that anymore. So it's like they have to go out and acquire. Blake Snell has not been the pitcher that they thought they were getting, the Cy Young Award winner. Joe Musgrove has been the anchor of the staff, really the guy who hasn't been injured. And you know what? He's, he looks tired. You know, he looks like he has been pitching a lot of innings. So it's like, I think Musgrove, if you can get him back into that 2-3 spot, which is where he's really supposed to be, you know, to begin with, they're going to be a lot better team. But who's going to be that number one? So you're going to have to go out on the trade deadline and try and find this guy because Jacob deGrom isn't going to be available, you know? And it's like, who else is going to be? You're going to have to find somebody because a lot of the good pitchers right now are young and they're not going to be available. George Kirby, Hunter Brown, um, 
France on the Astros, right? I mean, these guys are not going to be available, and these are these are the guys that you need. Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, right? These are the this is the future of baseball. Yeah. We can see it. You know, all of the Marlins, right? All of them. What does it take to get a Marlins pitcher? We already saw it takes the it takes the batting champ to get for the Marlins to let go of one of their pitchers. You got to give up the batting champ to get one. It's like the Padres, so they could they they might be able to get, you know, one of these Marlins pitchers. It's going to cost them Machado. Yeah. You know? That's what it would take. It would take Manny Machado to get one. Because the Marlins, they have them. They have an abundance of them. They are not letting them go for nothing. Because Pablo Lopez, who I th- really didn't think was the top of the top guys there, he was maybe you know fourth or fifth. You know, it took the batting champ to, to get him. From him so Marlins won that deal too. You know. Anyways, thanks for joining You're us. As luck. always, we could talk all day about this stuff. Yeah. I will talk to you tomorrow. All right, Al. Have a good one. Enjoy the Preakness as a fan. Yeah, don't 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 spend all that money in one place, too. Yeah, it could, this could this 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 could be a four dollar exacto. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking about it was not the money I had to oh, buy. Oh, my three seventy five. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I will be spending it all in one place. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to you. I'll be talk I'll be getting tomorrow. the Jimmy Butler bobblehead for the collection. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, you can put it on your desk. That'll be your memento from, you know, yes. 20 years from now. You're going to point to it to me. Say, See this yes. bobblehead? This was sponsored by BigAl.com. You paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take care. All right. Al McMorty, we could talk sports with him and betting all day long. A true pro and a, one, of the, one of the good guys who are out there in a business full of scumbags. Um, anyway, speaking of good guys, we'll bring in Al Ninos up next. Al, how's it going? Got the full beard going on here. So uh, going going back to it. You're gonna go to the uh, Duck Dynasty look here. You going full beard? Uh, I think it might take a couple a couple losses and then in, uh, in the MLB for me to shave this. I don't know. Last is that what it is? Your, it didn't go well. Yeah, I've been on the heater here and with your picks. Um, you know, I. Uh, I said something to you, you know, tra- full transparency. I said, I think, Al, I think you're putting in too many picks. I think you should peel it back a little bit. And you kicking and screaming, you did it. But I tell you, it, it's tough to argue with the results here, you know. And if they were going a different direction, you could say, yeah, it's because you told me, right? So, but you really don't have a, have a leg to stand on right now. Anyways. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, it's worked out pretty well, I got to say. Uh, you know, a couple of days where maybe I only put one pick in, actually, you know, less than the three limit uh, I had, uh, didn't go so well. So, you know, it sucks when you don't have that many picks and then they, they don't go well, you know. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't. But, uh, when you have a lot of picks in and, and they don't go well, to. it really, really hits you. And the thing is, is like what I find is when I put in those extra picks, those are the ones that get me. You know, and the, and a lot of times it forces me to leave some out that I that either would have gotten like last night. The Cubs were the one that I really liked and didn't put in. And instead I put in the twins and it cost me, you know. So, you know, it's just it's the nature of the beast, you know, and we'll, we'll figure it all out over the long run. It's just a, it, 
Let's we'll, we'll stick with a winner for now, though. What do you got cooking today for us? In my defense, though, there was a couple of weeks where I really liked a lot of matchups. I may have gone a little bit uh, overboard, but uh, but I really liked a lot of those matchups. So they didn't like you. So what do you what do you got going on today? <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I guess a more disciplined approach has worked out so far. Um, I um, be looking at I guess my uh, fourth favorite play on the board today. Uh, uh, got the Braves. I uh, liked them a lot better yesterday. Uh, not as good a pitching matchup today. You know, Jesse Chavez is going to be opening things up in what should be a bullpen day for the Braves, and I don't expect him to go too deep into this uh, game. On the other side, you got Logan Gilbert getting the start for the uh, for the Mariners. Not uh, not having his best season, but uh, definitely I think is the better option here. He's certainly going to give you a go deeper into this game. Uh, as far as the bullpens go, it's, uh, both teams have had pretty good bullpens. But, again, I just like this uh, this uh, Braves lineup a lot better, I think. Uh, just a very, very deep lineup from top to bottom. You see a lot of teams in, in this league today with, uh, with a lot of good hitters, but usually you see them uh, one through four, maybe one through five. And then, uh, but this team, uh, really a lot of good uh, batters up and down the lineup. And I do think they get to Logan Gilbert a little bit here uh, today. So while I do expect uh, the Mariners to get their fair share of runs off uh, the Braves at some point in this game, I uh, just expect them to be outscored by the Braves offense here. Taking the Braves on the money line, which, uh, by the way, be patient on that number. Uh, it's getting better. I guess a lot of trends going against the Braves here. It's not just a starting pitching matchup. If you look at, at the recent trends, uh, you see uh, eight and three in the last eleven for the Mariners, but again, then you take a closer look at that, and it's not so recent. And the last four, they played once this year, three times last year. Then you got to go back to 2017 for the last meeting before that. So a lot of those numbers you could throw out uh, out the window. So yeah. I like the Braves today. Yeah, the Braves a lot of problems with the starting pitching staff, and we see it with tomorrow, especially as Schuster being called <laughs> to uh, make the start. But uh, Lee out indefinitely. Kyle Wright mid July. Max Fried early July. Um, Matzek out for season out of the pen. Allard mid June, and Yanoa out for the season. Um, plus, you know they have other young guys that just haven't really developed for them either. Um, you know, Soraka never made it back. Um, and uh, you know they, had, they have other guys as well that just haven't really panned out for them. You know, I think that you know the Mariners are one of those teams, kind of the way that Al was talking about, Big Al was talking about before. You know, where last season they kind of mucked around, and then we saw them late in the season make a move. Logan Gilbert was a guy that I thought was going to take a big step backwards this season, so um, he hasn't really done that. He's been okay. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't taken the step back that I thought he would. But um, this should be a good game. The you know the Braves lost last night, so they're going to be mad. Yeah, not not the best ERA, but his other numbers are pretty good for Gilbert. And uh, and where I was going with this is yeah, I was going to also mention if you don't like today's uh, pitching matchup for the Mariners, you're going to hate it tomorrow, especially after the bullpen gets spent today. So I do think they, they kind of go all out today and uh, try to get this win and uh, get the series win because. Uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, I really don't like them tomorrow. So. Yeah. With Schuster going? Yeah, against Kirby, yeah, not a good match. Nah. And only minus 120 odds, at least the yeah. early line on Kirby. Um, what do you got for everyone to pick dogs today? 
Uh, three pack in the MLB, and I uh, got my uh, nineteen dollar play as well. Uh, my nineteen dollar grand slams on a fourteen and three run since we uh, slowed down a little bit. <laughs> it's been red hot. Red hot. Uh, actually, overall. no, that's MLB overall. That's on a fourteen and three, but that play has been on a pretty good run. Itself. Pretty good run. All right, Al. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, thanks, much. See you. Al Ninos, it's been hot. I got mad at Al. I said he was putting in too many picks. It's like, start editing. Because I thought he was beating himself, man. Like sometimes you just beat yourself. Because anyone knows about beating themselves. It's Ruflo, and he's not here with us. Tough to talk to him about it. Rod, how's it going? We could put words in Ruflo's mouth since he's not here. Um, he does know a few things about beating himself. Um, <laughs> you, don't have, you, don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about losing, to, losing the game. He's fully capable of beating himself. Beating himself, definitely. <laughs> well, we got a lot going on. You know, you're on the morning show with me every day, so we talked about the Heat yesterday on the show. I've been pretty adamant about where they're going this series, and uh, <laughs> certainly playing out. It just didn't look like in the game number two that Tatum got up to speed because he still looked like love just went right on by him. <laughs> I think that the, I think that I think the difference though for Tatum for game two, we got to be fair is that in the fourth quarter, when instead of turning the ball over, the ball just rolled around on the floor, and the Celtics were somehow able to muster muster up getting it back. It didn't help them, but uh, instead of instead of directly turning it over, uh, the ball rolled around, and the Celtics were able to pick it up and, and pretend that they were still trying at some point. But they looked done. Right. They looked done. Oh, they looked done. I just don't. Yeah, Coming back from 2-0. Favorite tomorrow. Favorite. And, 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 and when the announcer says to Jimmy, he's like, now you're going back tomorrow. Like, yes, we're going back home. And he's got this look of like, I'm going to whoop him at home. I'm going to whoop him at home. My favorite, my favorite was Bam on this. Was Bam when they said, when you're down by, you know, when you're down by 14 points in the fourth quarter and they call you over on the sideline, what are you guys talking about? We're talking about how none of you guys picked us. That's what we're talking about. They moved to 10 before the game. What do you think we're going to roll over? <laughs> yeah. So this done. Finish. Well, the, the Hurricanes and the Panthers both took the day off yesterday from practice after playing two and a quarter, two and a third games. Um, it wasn't like the overtime goal came early in the fourth overtime. They played that full period, only 12 seconds left. Um, 12 seconds left in that period. Like Panthers put it in. They almost over two games they played in one night. So, yeah, they kind of deserved the uh, next day to take a break. And now they're right back at it again today. I said it yesterday. Um, I said it yesterday, and, you know, a lot of people, they don't listen on the weekday show. and They don't listen on the weekends. But I think Wayne Gretzky in, in the in the commentary desk is just one of the greatest things for the sport. And, you know, hopefully Tom Brady can do the same in the NFL. Just really a different look at things. And I always thought that, you know, some of these, sometimes you get these guys in the booth that just really change it. And, um, you know, at the desk and hear Wayne Gretzky talk about like strategies and stuff, because he's not condescending about it or like over analyzing it. Like Tim McCarver does in baseball or something. It's more like, you know, in uh, you know tongue in cheek type of way, you know that this is you know he doesn't he doesn't over technicalize over te- make the game overly technical, and it's all, probably how he treated it as a player where it's like yeah we're gonna do this and you know we're gonna do this and do this and he's kind of just like you know yeah but th- at the end of the day this is our objective you know which is a very simple 
you know, objective. And it's like, simple you know, yeah, we're not, we're going to try not to make the mistake that puts the puck in the back of the other net for the other team. And if that means we're not going to have as many offensive chances, I'd rather do that than be the guy who makes the mistake, you know? And that makes the mistake, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Steve Smith, I think he still uh, can't live down the uh, scoring on his own net. Yeah, Gretzky brought <laughs> it up. Gretzky it. brought it up. He brought it up at the... At he brought the, it up. He right? brought See, it up. It's still, he'll, he'll never live that down. Never live it down. On his own net. And even, even Gretzky... But Gretzky did say after, uh, after the third overtime intermission, he was like, okay... I know I said that uh, we were going to play. We're going to be here all night. Well, I don't want to be here all night. So come on, guys. Let's go. Someone get a goal in this fourth overtime so we all can go home, is what he said finally. <laughs> oh, it's, great to, it's great to see Gretzky. And, you know, it is guy, great to see, the, you see know, Gretzky there. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, you know, he's been there, done that. He knows all these situations. And it's like, like I said, he's not. He's not overanalyzing or making it or talking you know, condescendingly about how he's how great he was or anything like that. He's more making it like, you know, it's just a game and you know, we're gonna have fun calling it the same way I had fun playing it. You know, and that was pretty exactly, much. and and I think that's why the Oilers did so well uh, in the eighties when they did. They just simplified. Well, winning is fun, Rod. Game they lost. Rod, winning's fun. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't care what sport you're well, playing. Winning, winning is, is part of it, yes. fun, you know. But they also had to take some losses before they got to the, that part of uh, the wing. They took some beatdowns um, early in their career. They took beatdowns. I think you went to Stanley Cup final, got whooped before they uh, started to win. So yeah, you have to take your lumps um, while you uh, before you move up the ladder. Well, you're not going to hockey today. You're going into which I got. I like the Panthers on the money line. But what do you what do you got today for us? Today we're going to go check out this MLB game. We're going to go with the, uh, the Detroit Tigers and uh, the Washington Nationals. Uh, Corbin getting the start uh, in this one for the Nationals. Uh, he's 2-5 and five on the here with the uh, 4.65 ERA and a 1.43 whip. But uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, you're getting uh, Alex Fadu getting the start uh, for the Tigers. You look, his first start, a little bit shaky. His second start, uh, definitely uh, improving. He's got he's 0-1 with a 4.22 ERA with a .75 whip. He's definitely improved uh, from his first start to his second start, and you know what? I think he improves even more here. And striking out, he seven strikeouts in his last appearance, and looks good. He just needs a little bit of run support uh, here. For me in this one, I think uh, both pitchers don't equate to who gets the win here in this one. I both uh, pitchers, starting pitchers can get roughed up easily uh, in this one. And runs come early and often, so I kind of like the over, but I think the better play is Detroit here. You look at the Tigers, 8-2 and two in their last uh, 10 interleague games versus a team with a losing record. They're also 9-3 and three when their opponent uh, allows five runs or more in the previous game. And you look at the Nationals uh, in interleague play, 4-18 and 18 in the last 22 uh, interleague games at home. They're also 0-5 in the last five versus uh, right-handed pitching. I give Detroit the edge uh, in the bullpen um, later on in the game, and that's where the runs come early and often. Detroit uh, snags as a win, so go with the Tigers here in this one over Washington. I don't know. I don't think Corbin's been that bad. I think he's like, you know. No, he hasn't been horrible. Like but Corbin's standards, I, I, he hasn't been that terrible. I know he's, he's not part of the long-term solution. He makes way too much money. But it's like now that it's kind of like, you know, he's not expected to be that number one guy. And they have, you know, Josiah Gray and they have, um, you know, Mackenzie Gore. It's like they have other guys. So it's not like he has, it's not as glaring. 
you know, it'd be interesting. I don't know what Steven Strasburg's up to. I know he's getting paid, um, but I'm not sure what his deal is, if he's coming back or not. But um, yeah, the Nationals not, not sure if Strasburg's coming back. Beto's no, uh, no bargain. No, Fadu. That's what I said. He's not a no bargain. But you look, you look at Corbin, he averages, uh, he's given up two to four runs uh, in every start of the season. So, you know, he's given up at least a couple. Minimum, he's given up two runs for sure, uh, Corbin. And and Fadu, I don't know. He looked, he looked good last time. I think he improves off of his last start. Got to give it not because he likes to strike out. He's given up a couple home runs. Uh, the long ball hasn't hurt him too, too bad, but. Uh, Definitely he's given up a couple, and I think both pitchers give up a couple uh, here early. I also like uh, the uh, Yurfi. Yes, runs first inning. And last five uh, Detroit games on the road, definitely uh, had runs in the first inning. The most play. Yes, runs first inning. Yeah, so Strasburg, it looks like nerve damage still, and uh, probably not going to pitch this season. Uh, another season out. Yikes. Like I said, Panthers money line for me. But um, what do you what do you got going on at pick dogs today? And over pick dogs today, I've got my uh, Saturday MLB sluggers. I got uh, three MLB plays. Uh, I love to knock the cover off the ball. Scoop those up there. Or I got my nineteen dollar NHL sniper play. Or I got my twenty five dollar NBA slam dunk play. Five plays over at uh, pick dogs premium. Head on over, scoop them up. Have a nice winning day today. All right, Rod. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, of course, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. Have yourself a good one. Good luck with all your bets, everybody. Smash that like button. Cuts you nothing. Helps us out a ton. Appreciate it, everybody. See you tomorrow. A little hype session there for Rod Zawacki on his way out the door. Bring in Jay Briggs. Last but not least, Jim, uh, Jay Briggs has been the heat hater of uh, the entire season. He's the playoffs. He's, uh, he's riding the Dallas Mavericks and the anti-heat all the way to the poor farm. How's it going, Jay? Man, what's going on, man? Yeah, Heat Nation, they, they can pile on me right now. They can get the last laugh. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know and, you know, are, are interested, Jay, aside from doing the jam session, the afternoon jam session, he also does Twitter spaces after the games. Now, is this a regular occurrence or just once in a while? So, I mean, technically, really, we've been doing it almost every night now. After the game, we just want to hear what everybody's thinking, just everybody's thoughts. So, we'd be on Twitter on the spaces. So, if, you, if you're if on Twitter and like something like that, we're usually there just talking hoops, man, just seeing what's going on in the NBA right after the game. I went on the other night. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think it's, it's fun because we get to hear from people in the chat on these live shows, but we don't actually get to hear their voice, and it's almost like putting in face and voice with, with the person. And I think it was just really cool to hear their thoughts, like, in their tone and everything like that, yep. just like we get to say it and, uh, you know, where they agree with us, where they don't disagree with us. And, you know, because when they don't disagree, when people don't disagree with us, sometimes in the comments, it just, the, you know, the tone is lost, so you don't really understand it. But, like, on the spaces, it's really cool. And it's almost just like, you know, sitting in a, at a, around the kitchen table with a bunch of guys just, you know, talking hoops. It, it almost know? reminds me of the school days sitting around the lunch table, you know, just having yeah, the school that's exactly lunch table what it's arguments. Like. Or I, the barbershop I, arguments. That's I what it really enjoyed me. it because a bunch of guys, I you know, for the most part, I would never get to be able to get in touch with like that. And just I just popped in. Of course, you know, I'm, you know, a thousand years old. So I struggled <laughs> with it a little bit to get on there. But what I realized is that, I was on the computer, and it doesn't allow you to join on the computer. You have to be on the phone on the app to get okay. on. At least I believe that's the way it works. So you do, must do it from your phone. 
so you probably never. Yeah, most time I'm on my phone. Yeah. I'm just, so yeah. you don't have the issue. But for me, once I went on the phone and went on the app, I was right on, no problem, and I was able to talk and, and mute. And of course, I had ten million other things to going on going on because I didn't plan it. But uh, I stayed for a while, and I you know ended up you know being about an hour behind on my work. But it was well worth every <laughs> minute of it. I could I could have stayed for another hour easily. How long do yeah. they usually run the, uh, the spaces? Um, we usually go about an hour, hour and a half. It kind of just depends on how the conversation goes, how many people are in there. But when I was in there, there was a steady 20 people. It was not the same yeah. 20 people the whole time. It was it was rotating around. So probably 100, 200 people came came in and out of the spaces. It was fun. Yeah. I, I really liked it, and I hope to be able to join more um, as time goes on now that, now that I know we're doing it. Yes, sir. Love chatting hoops with everybody, and uh, you know, it's fun because it's the... not just it's not just pick dogs. It's not just pick dogs people. It's people from other cappers and other places on the internet. Yep. you get to hear what they have going on, and it's kind of like you know, at the end of the day, it's like you get to hear the fan side from the cappers too. You know, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and kind of like you know, not just sitting there, you know, trying to sell something or brag about something. You know, talking about the same bad beats that everybody else has gotten. You know, it's like yep. you know, and the sauce wanted to change it to the Julius Randall, the Jay Randall love fest. You know, I was like, I don't think so. Good times, man. Great times. I love it, man. Well, anyways, man, you know, it has been the Miami Heat's postseason, and um, they've been doing it as the underdog role. They've been doing it on the money line big time, and you know, really damaging the books and uh, you know the, the people and me, the, the people on the other side of it. Um, you know, the Bucks. I mean, big payouts against the Bucks. Bigger payouts plus three hundred in the first two games, plus six seventy five combined. The first two games, I took big out for for three hundred seventy five bucks on a hundred dollar side bet last night. He had to PayPal it over to me. So, uh, you know, you're not alone. Um, <laughs> you're in good company. But, um, you know, know the series isn't over. You, you know, there's never been a four-game, you know, a seven-game series that's been one in two games. So, uh, you know, there's still hope for the heat, heat bashers, though. It's starting to dwindle a little bit. But uh, what do you got going on for us today? Today, um, I'm going to go to baseball. The side in the NBA game today is a little tough for me, as I explained on the jam session, and I gave you all the total there. So, I'm gonna Lakers go to money line. That's, that's what I said, too. I don't want to lay the six. That's what I said, too. I don't two, you got to go six. minus two to one odds, you know, but it's still, I don't care. You throw that's it in exactly your- what I said on the jam session, too. I believe that they win, but, you know, in a series like this where game one, six point line, you get a push. Game two, five-and-a-half-point line. The Nuggets win by five. This is a series where the odds makers are super dialed in, and I'd rather just be on the money line with the Lakers today. That's how I feel, honestly, too. Those West Coast teams, traditionally college football, NFL football, NBA, Vegas is just dialed in on them, and they always have been and always will be. You know, those great USC Reggie Bush teams, I mean, they were just on the number on those things. But anyways, Jake, go back to your game. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go baseball. I'm gonna try to take me a layup, man. I know there's really no layups, but I think this one should be. I'm gonna go with the Pirates today, man. I am. Um, I like how they've won back to back games. They beat up on Detroit 8-0, and then they smashed Arizona yesterday, man. And I think they come back and get them again today. Uh, we got. I think the pitching matchup drastically favors uh, Pittsburgh to begin it. 
We got Mitch Keller, who's had a great start to his season, uh, five and one this year, two point three ERA, man. And then on the other side, Brandon, I'm not really sure how you say his last name, P Fat, I guess. Uh, I've not liked what I've seen from him. Eight point five ERA. Um, when he's been out there, he has not looked great. He got cranked against uh, the Rangers earlier in the season, but you know that's that's no surprise. He did have a decent outing in his last one against San Francisco, but I expect today to be probably more like the other one. I don't expect him to have a good outing on the road. And uh, the Pirates, you know, they've had a a great start to their season, better than I thought they were, to be honest. And I'm going to take them to get themselves another win today, their third straight. So I'm going to just take the Pirates on the money line today, short, sweet, and simple. Keller's been outstanding his last uh, several starts. He's been pretty much unhittable. And, yep. you know, that he plays on Pittsburgh, you know, just great value on him. So, um, Fott, I think is how it's pronounced. I think the P is silent. Fott? Fott, okay. I believe. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm not sure either. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> he was great with pronouncing it, with, you know, pronunciations. But He was hey, seen as uh, one of these, you know, minor leaguers that was going to come up this year. He was very, very high on the uh, prospect list. And was seeing that he was going to do it, but he's—I think he's having a learning experience, and not the good kind of learning experience, kind of like poker lessons. You know, yep. <laughs> it's a bad day at the office, man. Nothing more expensive than poker lessons, but um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> kind of, kind of, kind of what's going on there. So I, I like the pick. But um, what do you got going yeah, on to pick dogs today? You staying today away from the it. NBA game? Uh, no, I got the total. Um, for sale. That's my jam session play. So uh, you can scoop that up. Or is it? Was it? I forgot. But either way, I got, it's one of them. So I got the jam session play for sale. Uh, you can scoop that up, Pick Dogs Premium. Then I have three Major League Baseball. Um, off to a pretty good start in Major League Baseball, trying to keep it rolling. So I think we've had like three or four play of the days in Major League Baseball in a row. Trying to go for another one today. So you can scoop it up, Pick Dogs Premium. All right, Jay. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, that wraps up another show. I just got really good news from uh, on my email. Mr. Bernard has donated $3.5 million to you for the purpose of charity. Note, you will not have to pay any money to receive this donation funds. All charges will be paid to you on his behalf. Contact uh, this email. Someone left me $3.5 million. Nigerian Prince, I'm in. I knew it. I knew it. Thank me later. Anyways, thanks everyone for joining us. Make it a winning day. We appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, be sure to check out. If you missed any of this, you can watch the replay on YouTube or download the entire podcast at Everywhere Podcast or Podcasted. Mm-hmm.